0: I got to this point where whilst I was seeing some really positive feedback, so for example many of my friends have now gone vegan or inquired about veganism with me because I guess that I'm one of the most outspoken people that they know about it and I've done a lot of research so I feel like I can answer almost any question.
1: Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host Jerry Saver. Hello, this is Jerry Saver and you're listening to episode 41 of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. A podcast for you if you're looking for inspiration and ideas on how to get started or if you want to learn more about the skills to run a successful plant-based business. And if you're a regular listener, I should probably say welcome back because as you've probably noticed, we haven't been publishing the podcast in the last month because we were just too busy with our first online event, the Plant-Based Business Week. If you watch that, then you know what I'm talking about. We had 32 speakers from all across the industry share their advice on how to start and grow your vegan business. And we were seriously just blown away by the response. So this is definitely just the start and we're already looking into ways to make the next event even bigger. In case you missed Plant-Based Business Week, we'll be posting more about it on our website, theplantbasedentrepreneur.com. So make sure you check back often. And if you're not yet a member of our insider list, subscribe to be the first one to know when we do post any updates. You'll also notice some changes with the podcast going forward. We'll be bringing on some new names and we'll be introducing some new forms of content. And we would be really, really grateful for your feedback as we do that. So if you hear anything that you particularly like, or if you hear anything that you think could be done better, you can always send me an email directly on jerry at entrepreneur.com and tell us all about it. So with that, let's get started with today's interview. I'm talking to Jody Monell, who founded an online brand called Live Kindly back in April. So just about five months ago. And if you've seen their posts in your Facebook feed, then maybe you did a double take right now when you realize they've only been active for five months and they already have nearly 200,000 likes and their reach is in the millions, because I know I did. But Jodi had a very clear idea of what she wanted to build with Live Kindly, and she's putting the pieces in place to achieve it. So this conversation should be interesting to anyone who wants to know more about the behind-the-scenes stuff of a growing media brand like Live Kindly. And it should be especially interesting if you've ever wondered what it takes to set it up. So, Jody, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Jerry. Thank you. Um, thanks for having me on.
1: Oh, thank you for joining me. From um, you're based in Canada right now. Am I right?
0: Yes, that's right. I live in Vancouver, obviously not from here. But yeah, yeah.
1: I, I can hear that. So um, you're originally you're from the UK?
0: Yeah, originally from the UK in a small city called Bath, um, but have been traveling for the last, I think, just over three years now. So prior to this, I was living in New Zealand and now I'm settling here in, in Vancouver.
1: OK, now I, I got to ask now, where in New Zealand did you live?
0: all over but mostly wellington
1: cool because um i don't know if, if i mentioned that when, when we spoke last week but we we lived in wanaka until last year so relatively close uh it, it got a bit too cold for us I, I don't know how wellington was during the winter but that that place was just too too cold for my taste
0: well i'm in canada now so yeah well, <laughs> i know what it is.
1: <laughs> so okay um Three years traveling around, and what what were you doing before all that? I mean, what were you doing in, in those three years? And actually, what, what did you do before you, you started Live Kindly?
0: Um, well, I guess that I've had quite a varied um, career history. It's never been um, that straightforward. Um, I haven't really been that consistent with my jobs because, I haven't really been career focused. I've been mostly focused on, on travel, and that was my thing. And I was always told that, you know, you can't have it both. You can either have a career or travel. Um, and recently I have found out that that's definitely not true. Um, in the UK, I was working mostly in media sales. So most of my roles there, for example, with Immediate Media, which um, publish a lot of BBC magazines like the Radio Times, um, I was working in media sales, so I've had, um, I guess, experience. Uh, in. It's closely aligned with marketing, but mostly sales and advertising, and, and that was all in print. Then following on from there, I've been executive assistant um, at the Ministry of Education in New Zealand, um, which was quite a change. And then more recently in Vancouver, I worked for... Hootsuite, which are a social media management dashboard, and just prior to Live Kindly, I was um, an executive assistant and kind of delved into the marketing side of things for a small venture capitalist company um, here in in uh, Vancouver.
1: Okay, yeah, that's definitely quite a colorful professional background. Um, what about on the personal side, especially? You know, how does being vegan tie into all of that?
0: Well, my journey's been um, an interesting one, or to me, at least anyway. Um, So I went vegan around about two and a bit years ago now. So I guess compared to most people, relatively new to veganism, it's... um, It was following from watching Cowspiracy. Before that, I was vegetarian and um, I dabbled in veganism, vegetarianism um, since I can remember. Even I think I had a year of being vegetarian when I was growing up living with my parents. To take you right back to the beginning, I remember um, being asked by, I think it was a photographer for a newspaper one time, what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so this scenario was I'd won a children's modeling competition which was (laughs) nothing really modeling I was just it was the most colorful kid in Somerset the area that I was from I think the photo was me wearing yellow flowers or something like that um but he the the photographer the journalist asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up and my answer wasn't um it wasn't you know to be a model or to be a celebrity or or anything like that it was to travel the world and save the animals (laughs) Um, which was I guess maybe where you could say things started and I've always had a love for animals and always kind of toyed with the idea of vegetarianism but didn't really understand it I guess as a child didn't really have the ability to be able to to do that for myself or at least I didn't have the knowledge to so Um, So that's where I started in in my childhood. And then later, as I kind of grew and traveled, I think that just gradually making the connections, as as most people do, you just start thinking about things when you are, you know, buying meat, when you're traveling in different countries and you see in Asia, for example, you see these insects on sticks and you see uh, quite grotesque looking shop windows with ducks hanging out uh, like for sale and, and things like that and it's just it was a gradual process for me and in terms of my career they didn't really closely align I didn't ever anticipate that I would have feelings so strong that I wanted to have a career in veganism as I mentioned I wasn't really a career focused person and this was never my plan but once I had realized how important this is and how veganism isn't just about your daily meal choices it, it transpires into almost every aspect of your life and I felt like I couldn't do something about it and so I initially started my own blog and As with most blogs, um, I would have a really good week of of writing something and feeling really passionate about it and maybe put out two or three posts or or more. And then I would lose motivation and not write anything for a good few months. And I think the main reason for that, and I think the main reason that a lot of bloggers do, I guess, not last long and, and don't really have the impact that they necessarily deserve is, is because it's a lot of upkeep for one person to do and, it, and it's difficult and you know it almost feels like the energy that you're putting in is is not really rewarded it's the, a drop in the ocean really in terms of impact and when it comes to veganism most people feel really strongly and really passionate about getting their voices heard so so yeah that's that's where i started and and then on from there i kind of realized that there needs to be a bigger platform for all these all these voices and and there's so much information out there which is just not being heard at the moment so yeah i guess that's in, in a roundabout way how things started
1: yeah i i think that anyone who's creating any sort of content for online publication can can relate to that i mean on the one hand you you need to be consistent if you wish to achieve anything but on the other hand if you're not seeing results it it can get harder and harder to to really do that consistency that is required so um
0: yeah it's tough to keep up the motivation what is the point if no one is listening to me and and when it comes to a a topic such as veganism it's it can be really easy to get disheartened because it's such a worthy cause, yes. But at the same time, it can take a lot of your energy to put something which is so <laughs> going against mainstream. It's, you know, it, it's a tough thing to do.
1: So um, you, you already started speaking about this. Um, what's, what actually gave you the idea for creating Live Kindly Act? And what was the main idea behind this?
0: So I guess there's a number of problems that I was trying to solve with it. I guess, firstly, it was my initial problem of, of seeing that there's, there are so many bloggers out there not being heard and, and trying to offer a platform for them and, and for this, you know, there's so many experts talking about really, really interesting and important topics. So giving them a platform to reach out to the people and to share their knowledge. Um, that was the the initial idea. On from that, though, I think that I felt like I wasn't doing enough in terms of just being vegan and I noticed that because I'm quite active in talking about it particularly on social media I um probably am that annoying friend that posts way too much about (laughs) veganism and all of my (laughs) non-vegan friends are not interested and I kind of I got to this point where whilst I was seeing some really positive Feedback, so for example, many of my friends have now gone vegan or inquired about veganism with me because I guess that i 'm one of the most outspoken people that they know about it, and i've done a lot of research, so I feel like I can answer almost any question and so I was getting all of these messages, and you know can you help me i I, I really want to know how to go vegan, like how do I give up meat and and all of this kind of stuff. So I, I spent a lot of my energy writing out emails and guides and tips and helping a lot of people to, to make the change and not only on social media, but talking to people face to face. And yeah, it's exciting. and It's great. And it's it's so lovely to see that people were coming to me for, for such advice when I I guess that I was so new to it myself as well. But what I really wanted to do was I, one, and what I have noticed that there there are not really any mainstream media outlets out there giving this kind of information. There's no one home that you can go to for veganism where it talks about the nutrition and it talks about the um, environmental impacts and the ethics. And I remember when I initially went vegan, I spent hours and hours watching YouTube videos, Googling stuff, buying books, watching documentaries. And yes, all of that is amazing. And I still encourage everyone to, to do that. But what a felt was missing was just one hub for everything and at least it's a starting point whereas it I finding out something about nutrition you would come across 10 different articles all saying different things about soy and it's just like who do I trust and and how can I actually practically um, implement this information into my daily life and so yeah I, I really wanted to create something that would essentially be this huge uh complete guide to veganism and to update people on news and new products coming out but also offer healthy recipes or you know where to buy vegan junk food and you know what to do if you have a fly in your house do you kill it you know like all of this kind of stuff that it it transpires into so many different things in our daily life and people have so many questions about it but I, I couldn't see anything out there that was doing that and um I'm aware that that this is a really long answer to your question, but there's another reason to that as well is that there are some vegan media publishers and they do a fantastic job at, at talking to vegans and, and sharing information and and um, keeping people up to date with new products and things like that. But most of these uh, media outlets are focused on talking to a vegan community and it's all to do with the, the language and the way that um, the content is packaged. And what we wanted to do is... Focus on it's a very similar business idea, but at the same time it's we're positioning ourselves very differently in the market, and our aim is to really talk to non vegans we're not writing for vegans um we're writing for people who are curious about it, people who are still eating meat on a completely different other end of the spectrum who may have interest in you know how do I improve my physical fitness oh and they come across this article about protein and and all of this kind of stuff, and it it's um it's not designed for vegans although we have a huge vegan following it's really our target audience is people who are curious and people who want to know more and um, basically we're trying to make veganism look as sexy as it is so yeah.
1: <laughs> right so you know I, I want to get into this whole audience thing a bit later because I, I think that um, yeah that that's definitely one thing that, that sets you apart and it's probably I would assume a bit of a challenge sometimes to, to create messages that would present veganism favorably to, to a meat-eating audience. But first of all, you know, this was the idea that you just described. How, how did you go about realizing it? How did you go from the idea to the actual launch to, to where you are right now with Live Kindly?
0: Okay, so in practical terms, I was working a full time job um, at this small venture capitalist company. And I had this idea. And actually, it's evolved a lot since since the initial conception. But my initial idea was to build the home for veganism. And I was going to work with bloggers and other uh, passionate contributors and I think I just posted on my Facebook page um, something about getting help with building a website. And my partner's friend, who I've actually only met like once or twice, I think, he's a web developer in the UK, and he offered to do it for for free, which was amazing and so grateful that he did. So he's he's mostly skilled in, in building shop websites. And I think just the idea of building a a, a content website which was completely different to anything else he'd done before just appealed to him so he didn't ask me for any money and um, we worked together for it must have been I think it was over a month I can't remember now it's it's such a blur but it was um I I never want to build a website again (laughs) and I didn't even do the hard part it was really tough because a content website is so complex and I had such a clear idea in my mind of how I wanted it to look and for me, I'm not really—I wouldn't say that I'm that technically skilled. I'm not terrible, but I mean, working with the with Luke, the web developer, I really realized how much I didn't know about any of this stuff. So, um, I've really within these last few months, I've had to learn how to use WordPress, and you know, nothing technical like coding or anything. But there's just it goes. such detail that we really dedicated a lot of time to that and he's he so I'm based in Canada and Vancouver and we're eight hours behind the UK and Luke is based in the UK so we were working together at really funny hours and also I I had to juggle this with my full-time job which I have to admit I did a bit of sneaky work um (laughs) on this as I was in the office but seems like it was worth it (laughs) um So yeah, so anyway, we spent um, a good amount of time building this website, going back and forth, and we basically just did everything from scratch and everything without any money at all. Um, I didn't pay a designer for logos or anything like that. I'm not skilled or professional in in Photoshop myself, but I I created that myself and just tried to learn everything as much as possible. I already had a few blog posts which I'd written before, which I transferred over to the website and I wrote a few newer posts than I I guess to build momentum from there, I started reaching out to people who could potentially be interested in uh, contributing for free. Because I know that the vegan community is very passionate and a lot of people want to be involved in activism, but not necessarily wanting to stand outside slaughterhouses and things like that. So yeah, I posted in a few vegan Facebook groups to see who was interested in writing and we got a really good response. We got a few negative responses with people um accusing me of, of <laughs> I don't know I don't know what you call it just asking people to work for free which I can understand but I would never put anyone in a position to do that they didn't want to so it was really aimed at those people who are really passionate about doing this as much as I was because for me it's obviously not about the money it's something way bigger than that and so anyway what then happened as I said, I was working for a venture capitalist, capitalist company and they really focus on investing in tech startups. But prior to um, actually building the website, I sent my boss a link to, I think it was Bill Gates investing in Beyond Meat. And maybe that planted the seed. Um, he had gone away on a business trip for a couple of months. And when he came back, I think we may have been running like a month or maybe a bit less. And we'd had. 20,000 followers on Facebook and some quite good web traffic. And we were, I was, you know, working with a a bunch of writers by this point as well. And we were getting regular content out there, not quite as much as we are now. And he was just so impressed with what we'd done. And I think by that point we had some crazy week on week growth. It was reaching up to around about 50% or something like that, which I've never seen before or heard of before in terms of, uh, Facebook page is growing that quickly and I know that it's all uh, relative but it was a really exciting time Um, anyway within a few days of him being back from the business trip he said you know I think it's amazing what you've done and what you've created without any money at all Um, how have you done this and he's not vegan by the way I've I've spoken to him about it but he doesn't really understand the, the principle of, well, he he gets what veganism is, but I don't think he understands the value of it and and the value of the community and how strong the community is. And But I guess he is seeing it now because he decided to invest a small chunk of money to help me continue doing this. And initially, I was going to be working part-time at the the venture capitalist company and part-time on my venture, which was really just amazing news, a dream come true. And things just ramped up again and again and and we just grew like crazy and it got to the point where I just, I was working maybe from 6am till 3am, still kind of do that sometimes now. And, um, and yeah, it it just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't juggle the, the other job. And so, yeah, he, we've confirmed the investment now and it's allowed me to work on this full time and pay, some very very small that pay some uh, writers uh, some full-time wages which is what is helping us to to grow the most we have um, a writer in the UK we have myself we have one in Australia and one in New Zealand um, so we're kind of thinly spread <laughs> across the world but it really helps us to keep our international content go- growing because we don't want to focus on location specific really but yeah that that's kind of where we are today i guess and um and we're just we're just focusing on growth more than anything else so we're just going to keep on going
1: (laughs) yeah um you know i was just thinking as you were telling me that having this person as an investor who who's not vegan at at all might actually tie in really well with with your idea of targeting an audience that's that's not vegan that's one thing but um you know just from from the standpoint of a vegan company what's it like for for you personally having someone on board who believes in you but isn't necessarily aligned with with your values
0: i would say that because he was my boss we have a good relationship anyway so and my whole ethos with this entire thing is is i i feel the same way um about this as i would with with any other person who is not vegan i don't think that basically, it makes a difference to me. I am compassionate towards everyone. And I don't feel like I have a right to be frustrated with that. If anything, I can learn from him because he has run some very successful businesses. And the thing is, I think it's just amazing that someone can see the value in something that I'm doing, even though they don't don't understand veganism and and necessarily the, the, the business model. But he's learning with me and he listens to me. And I think that if you have a an understanding and a a good relationship then um that can only turn into good things i think that it is strange it definitely is strange to try to when you're when you're talking about the details of the business sometimes it can be really difficult to convey what the value is of, of what you're doing because they don't necessarily understand the vegan community and and all of the benefits and and it's not just that it's also that he has a different understanding to it than I do in terms of he will maybe think it's a bit more about food and and recipes and things like that whereas mine my whole um my whole mission is really to bring about education and information and, and give something of value it's not about the food even though we do have recipes there is a slight misalignment there but as vegans we deal with that in daily life anyway most people aren't vegan and it really genuinely doesn't make too much of a difference to me if anything I just um I just encourage him to read more of my articles and anything business related I share with him and he listens which is the best thing I think that you know it's not an unusual thing either um from I think an article that I covered there's the vegan mafia in the Bay Area, who are like a team of investors who are, I, I believe most of them are vegan, but they're investing in green businesses and uh, environmental startups and things like that and, and vegan businesses. But they're also we're also seeing a trend in investors who aren't vegan, who are who are doing that and seeing the value of it because how can you deny the, the consumer changes these days it's um it's really clear to see that this shift is happening and whether or not you believe it yourself most people want to capitalize on that on that change so i think it's important that if you're in if anyone is in that situation and they have a non-vegan investor approach them don't write it off you know you could even turn them vegan one day
1: <laughs> i don't think bill gates is vegan at least if, if he is, he hasn't come out publicly yet, but um, there's no doubt that he, he is doing great stuff for, for the movement with his investments. And I think that what you just described, the the way you're being inclusive, even on on that side is probably a pretty good business lesson for, for anyone considering this. And um, if we just take it a little further, and um, of course, I. I don't want to go into any financial details because I know you're probably not at liberty to to discuss that. But um, as a growing media company with... Um, now, I, I think I remember from one of your Facebook posts that you mentioned you actually do not have any... You're not generating any revenues just yet. What, what sort of milestones are you aiming for?
0: Um, yeah, that, that's completely true. We we're not generating any money at all um and it's really not our focus at the moment like I said I'm really grateful for our investors to be trusting us and to um to really recognize the growth and the value of building the community so they are not in a rush to get any money back I think that they are really in this for the long haul which is Really positive thing to have because, as I said, for me, it's not about the money, this is something much, much bigger than that. But yes, in order to make it sustainable, we will need to monetize at some point. And we've toyed with the idea of monetizing it in ways that, well, I mean, whatever we do, whenever we do decide to monetize, it will be in a way which is valuable to our followers. We don't want to be pushing anything out which is going to lose our integrity or that we don't believe in. So there are so many different different avenues that we can explore for creating creating a revenue stream. And we're still figuring out which is the best way at the moment. I think that the way that a lot of content sites tend to go um, will be the advertising or sponsored article route. And... This is just me. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with having adverts on on websites, but I think the brand Live Kindly and the website, it's my baby and it's kind of like this beautiful thing that I've created that I don't want to damage or uh, taint and I really don't want to be adding um, adverts on there. I, I don't want any banners. I think it just, as a content site, it already has so much stuff Going on anyway, and that was the whole theme with my branding keeping everything clean and white and minimalist because all of the articles should be what's standing out. Um, so yes, we won't be taking any uh like banner ads or anything like that. We actually did try, I think it was uh Google ads maybe for like a day, and this KFC ad came up, and I just decided to take that off straight away. So I think you can change them, but. Yeah, it just solidified my idea of, of not going into the advertising route. Um, I think that potentially we will look into doing sponsored articles at some point, because I think we can really help support a lot of new vegan brands this way. So it will be a mutual benefit. It will obviously we would need to make sure that we're happy with the with the brand and the product and that it really aligns with what we're doing. But I think that will likely be the way that we'll go for monetization. There's also a way to donate money if you're um, if you're wanting to support us. At the bottom of every article, we have a, a link where you can just submit a donation. And that really helps keep us going because we don't receive anything else. I'm not really paying myself a wage. I'm, I'm paying a few of our team full-time wages. And when I say full-time, it doesn't mean a good wage. <laughs> um, it means what I can afford and mostly we're in a situation now where everyone on the team is just giving more than they're getting back. And that's because they really understand the value and what we're doing. So yes, we're not focused on, on money. Um, not for the moment anyway. And we're so new. I think that, you know, who's going to want to buy anything from us at this point. We need, we might have a big following on Facebook, but we need to establish ourselves way more and, and, and build that trust and that relationship with, um with our followers to begin with.
1: Yeah and um I, I think this is a perfect cue to to circle back to to your audience because as I mentioned you you've been growing at an amazing rate I honestly when uh, when we started talking and I started exploring live kindly I was just blown away because I was simply I, I thought that you you had been flying under my radar and you had been going for at least a year building this up so when I saw that you you were actually you started this in in april that was like wow so um what um if we can make this one a bit more practical for anyone who's who's wondering about it what are your top tips for achieving this kind of growth
0: um well i have to say that i'm not an expert so i didn't anticipate this kind of growth um but we are in terms of um vegan media publishers we are the fastest growing one at the moment and it has been that way for you know a good few months now um so yeah I as I said I'm not an expert but from what I have been noticing it's um what really drives our growth it's a number of things so some of this isn't going to be transferable because it's very much what we are doing and and what makes us unique but Um, some practical tips I would say Um, unique content and regular content Um, I think that having something unique is really what is going to drive people to you because they can't find anything else anywhere else I think regular content is always um, and you'll hear this you know whenever you're looking into how to build a social media following whether it's Instagram or Twitter or whatever you need to be consistent because that's how you build your brand recognition and I think that specifically to us what we've done differently has been really aware and selective about honing in on our brand voice basically We're selective about our language and we want to keep things positive and the difference between us and uh, a number of other different publishers is that we are aiming to be as a vegan business, really inclusive, which is what I haven't seen anyone else do. I, I recognize the value of, of so many other vegan businesses, but I feel like the stigma is true when it comes to vegan community looking exclusive. It can be it's something as simple as, as the language you use. So, for example, if you're referring to non-vegans as omnis or You know, something different to you or or almost a a language which is negative and shaming them for their decisions. No one responds to being made to feel bad about their actions. And I think we need to remember that we're all on a spectrum of a journey. I used to eat meat. Many vegans used to eat meat. And we, we tend to forget that. I think the best way to encourage people is through positivity. And that is also a way to draw people in. People respond to positive content. And that doesn't mean you can't talk about difficult topics we are not shy about the ethics of the treatment of animals and and environmental damage and all of this we touch on some really really hard-hitting topics we don't shy away from them but the way we package it is completely different we position ourselves in a way that we are empowering others to make a positive change and we are saying that it's not your fault you are not doing this you are we are part of this and but we can fix it and you can you offer practical valuable advice to people without making them feel like they are the worst person in the world and you know i i wish that someone had encouraged me that way because i would have taken on veganism a, a lot sooner i i believe um so yeah i mean in terms of um just reiterating the practical tips it's consistency um i would also say that uh, sharing videos is a really really good way to draw in traffic um you can find some unique videos Again, people just seem to respond to them very quickly on Facebook and and they can share like wildfire. You never really know who is going to share them and how many followers they have, and that can really help join a lot more people. So consistency, videos, unique content, and keeping things positive, so being very careful with your choice of language um, would be my top tips.
1: Yeah. Since you mentioned video, I'm pretty sure that one of the reasons – it's so successful for you and, and for a lot of other brands is also that Facebook likes it. And I, I think at the moment their their algorithms are definitely pushing video content to the top of the of the newsfeed. So on that topic, the way I understand it, your audience is based primarily on Facebook and I, I understand that most of your website traffic probably comes from there. As well. Am I correct in that?
0: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we are um, ranking up in in Google, which is great. So we are getting a lot more um, organic searches come through. Um, The majority at the moment is still Facebook, but they are starting to trickle through on other media platforms, which we're going to be having a push on or we are having a push on now. So, Um, but yes, you're, and you're completely right about the algorithms of Facebook, which is something which I think any business needs to be aware of because they change (laughs) and, um, you may not always be aware of of those changes. So it's really good to stay up to date.
1: That was going to be my, my main question here, you know, how do you feel about the potential downsides of relying on Facebook for, for traffic like that? Because, um, you know, sometimes it's the algorithms that change and sometimes it can be a completely arbitrary decision on on their side that can, all of a sudden, they, they can limit access to advertising or, you know, worst case scenario, they can even temporarily block your account. And, you know, not the least of it can also be losing access to, to your page if, if someone hacks you. And um, the reason I'm asking this is that... Facebook and, you know, probably to a similar extent, Instagram are really becoming the primary or even sole communication marketing channels for up and coming brands. So I think that it's it's really important to be aware of of things that can happen and um, ways that you can protect yourself. So I would just like to, to know what you think about all this.
0: Sure. Um, I... I haven't had experience with any of the negative sides of Facebook yet, but I'm completely aware that that could be the case. Um, I think that, as you said, relying solely on Facebook is is never going to be a good way to go. Um, You need to, yes, use that as a way to drive traffic to your website, but also be focused on building your brand in other areas as well, because um, as you said, it it can be quite risky with Facebook and um, depending on your, business, I think that there's a whole other market of people out there in different areas of the web where you can be reaching a a huge audience still. So you can be like on any other social media platform and and, and focus on creating unique content there as well. So do something different on Instagram and to your Twitter and Snapchat and whatever whatever else you're choosing to use. I think that in a way to protect yourself, I, I couldn't say that I'm too knowledgeable about that because I haven't experienced anything negative happen just yet, and maybe maybe I'll learn from my mistake at, at some point soon. Hopefully not, but I think just being aware, because like staying up to date with what the rules and regulations are with Facebook, making sure that you adhere to them as much as possible, um as well as you know, keeping in mind that you're running a business, so you you need to just be completely aware of, of the terms because if you do step over the line and you do get blocked from facebook or whatever that can be extremely damaging to a day's business or, or something like that and your and your growth um i wouldn't say that i could offer too many other tips on that unfortunately <laughs> but um maybe ask me again in six months and we'll see what are <laughs>
1: First of all, I really hope that whatever you have to share in six months will will not be based on any negative experience. But um, I'll I'll just add one here um, for for anyone listening who who has like a page where you probably have multiple administrators. I think it's really crucial that um, everyone has their accounts well protected with things, for instance, like um, a password manager app. Like we've been using the one called LastPass for the past three years. And um, it just allows you to create passwords that are pretty much unbreakable. Because if you have more people managing a single page, if one of them gets their account hacked and someone gets in, they can then pretty much lock out everyone else and either completely destroy your site or what's happened to some influential people on Instagram or Facebook before hold you hostage for um, all the content and all the audience that you have up there. I wanted to ask you if you were, um, when you were starting or now, or are you boosting any of your posts or using any Facebook ads or are you just growing organically?
0: No, it's all organic. I think we paid like $30 for one <laughs> back when we first started and I know it's a really stupid thing to say, but I was like, oh, I'm not really getting much from this. I'm never going to do it again. And I know it was $30. So <laughs> it's not going to generate much at all. But I i mean, at the moment, I don't feel like we need to. Um, Perhaps in the future, although I don't really feel like I ever am really inclined to doing it. I, From what I've heard from other people, um, and my own $30 experience, it, it doesn't feel like it's, worth it I'm I'm sure that it can be effective perhaps just not for what I'm doing I I kind of feel that I don't know why I feel this way because it's not really it's not really true but I feel like they're almost not genuine and I feel paid for doesn't feel like you've earned it as much and I know it's it's pretty much just getting your um, content in front of more people and they can't force likes I guess I feel a lot more satisfaction just knowing that people have come across it and then and just liked it organically. So I I try to stay away from that and probably will continue to.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there, there are also theories about um, this kind of approach. So just boosting your posts and advertising for more likes and more reach that um, once Facebook catches on to the fact that you are, paying money to reach more people it's it's actually going to make it harder for you to to reach people organically i wouldn't know about that from my experience i i wouldn't put it past facebook to um, to operate like that but ultimately i think that um, advertising on on facebook it, it can be really effective when you have some sort of a funnel or some some sort of a product on on your site and and you can actually measure the impact in terms of returns on investments, for dollars in, dollars out. But if you're just growing your your reach, um, then yeah, you're you're probably right with just staying organic.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I completely agree.
1: <laughs> cool. And um, you know, one one last question about that: Do you happen to know the um, the demographics of of your Facebook audience? Because um, you know, one very interesting thing that I recently noticed when we were advertising Plant Based Business Week on Facebook, and you know, this is where the distinction comes in between um, advertising for reach or advertising for signups, like we were doing. But anyway, the thing I noticed was that eighty percent or more clicks came from women. So, um, do do you know this, or do you track that for um, for Kindly too?
0: I do. And it's really interesting, actually, um, across all three social media platforms, so Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, pretty much <laughs> to the T, exactly the same. It's 75 percent women. And um, in terms of location, they are mostly North America, UK uh, New Zealand and Australia. Um, but, yeah, mostly women and women. Uh, off the top of my head I could be slightly off but they seem to be ranging from the ages of around about 18 to 34 so as to be expected and I I, does make me wonder whether that's just because of the vegan demographic or other things for example the writers who are or myself and, and people who are on the Live Kindly team also fit that demographic so it's, um, it's interesting. I definitely want to explore more into that, but um, ultimately, no, I wasn't surprised.
1: <laughs> On that topic, um, I know that your company is, obviously, it's female-founded, it's female-led, and um, your contributors are mostly women. So I totally understand that you can only give me a biased answer here, but um, what are some of the upsides that you, you see in that? And um, just to explain, you know, the, the reason I'm asking this are are actually twofold. One is that it's it's my impression that vegan business overall has a, a higher and probably more representative percentage of women founders and leaders. And the other is that there are simply proven benefits to, to having women in leadership positions. And that extends to, to far more than just business. But... Um, if we stay with that um what what benefits do you personally see?
0: um well, it wasn't really my intention. I didn't really have an idea of building it um just with other women or you know with any um any type of person really. It just seemed to happen naturally, and you know i'm I'm really thankful for the way it did happen um to give you a bit of background um on me personally i I've never actually had a, a good experience working with other women. I've always had awful awful female bosses that just um were just awful to work for and I won't go into too many details but basically it, it did leave a, a bad taste in my mouth and it's really um you turned on me now because we have this amazing team of really intelligent, really empowering, passionate women who they keep me on my toes and they keep me in check and um I love how it's happened and, and how the t- the team has kind of molded into its own thing and everyone is so collaborative and and supportive and um everyone is really aligned and on the same page and we're not an entire female team we do obviously have Luke our web developer and we have a couple of other contributors um here and there who who are male um but yeah for the most part we are just a bunch of women working together and I can definitely see that the influences come from the very fact that most vegans are female um i also think that most vegans in general feel really really strongly about the cause especially if they're ethical vegans and so in in terms of why that's maybe transpired into so many female founded vegan companies it, it just seems to make a lot of sense um i mean i hope that we see more of it as well because i think that There's nothing more empowering than to see more empowering women doing this. It's just, it's amazing. And it it just, it it keeps me, it makes me so happy to work with a group of people who um, who are as passionate as I am. And, um, you know, we're not, we're female founded and we're female run, but we wouldn't say no to men on our team either. So it's all about equality. Isn't that what we're doing?
1: (laughs) You know, I, I personally know at least one vegan investor who, absolutely prefers investing in um female led startups but um and I, I really hope this doesn't come across in in the wrong way i hope that there there will be more guys getting into this space in in the future because um obviously the the diet the lifestyle has benefits that that have been proven so um at the moment, I, I think men are actually at a loss here because if, if there are more women who, who are vegans, then, um, you know, we're um, collectively, we're, we're going to be reaping all of the negative aspects of, of staying with our um, meat-eating diets and, and bad habits.
0: I totally agree and I think there is such a huge space out there for exactly that you know we need a vegan men's health magazine or something because you know there isn't really anything tailored directly to men and and we can write about the benefits of of veganism for for men and their health and and other things and and try to package it that way but at the end of the day most of our writers are female and it's probably not going to change um I Yeah, I'm on the same page with you there, and I think that it will happen. I think that what I've noticed is, and I don't know whether you feel the same, but I see men in veganism being a lot more prominent in the, the public activism front. So I don't think men are necessarily losing out, but going about it a different way. I mean, I guess in some ways, the public talking and the really... Um, passionate way that these public activists are, are making their voices heard. It can, can probably be quite good for the testosterone level, I don't know, or the ego. And and I, I'm, yeah, I'm really not sure. But I think that maybe that's the way that most men are, are, are drawn to their their activism rather than, than writing. And I know that that's not going to be the same across the board. It's going to be different for for different people. And there are amazing public speakers who are female and there are amazing writers who are who are male. But that's what I've noticed so far is that perhaps not so much in business, but being really out there on the front line is where I've noticed a, a lot of men moving towards.
1: Okay. Yeah. That, that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, you know, just one more question about your your team and, and the way you work before we start going a bit broader and, and wrapping things up. Um, what, what tools do you use for a, you know, communicating with the team and be, managing all the content that that you put out um i'm going to take a wild guess here and you probably use hootsuite or or not because you, you used to work for them do you use something else for your social media
0: actually i know i don't use hootsuite <laughs> <laughs> we did try it didn't really work um actually we don't schedule any facebook posts because we have someone working all the time um there's someone whilst there's someone asleep there's always someone awake and posting stuff so we don't need to schedule anything on facebook and i think if we did start scheduling we would become quite spammy which is not what we want to do um in terms of other things though so we're still really because we're so new and we've grown so rapidly we're still really honing in on on our strategy and our processes for things like this but at, at the moment um what we're using is TweetDeck for uh twitter because you can basically schedule something to come out every two hours on twitter and it's fine because it's always this moving feed of content and Twitter is basically spam. So so it's fine. We just immerse ourselves in that. Um, With Instagram, we share the account. So we will post kind of as and when and um, we use the app repost for when we don't have any content ourselves that we want to share and we find something really interesting that we want to share. um, We'll just repost it with that app. Otherwise, we use to communicate. We use Slack, which is really good it's a really good tool for a team that has never met before so everyone works remotely and we have these different channels so we have the individual like you know one-on-one chats and we also have like a news stream so we can post any breaking news um, that we want to cover in there and you know whoever's online um, will pick that up as quickly as possible and then we have um, other different channels for different means and different content and other behind the scenes stuff that we're doing for planning and and such Um, so the team are on there Um, anyone who's a bit more of an ad hoc contributor won't be involved in that they will just generally submit their articles via email or or log into their contributor profile via wordpress And then the other thing that we use to manage our content, which no one would ever want to see because it's just horrifically big. (laughs) There's just so much going on all the time. But we have uh, project management boards on the program Trello. So we have like a a number of different columns where we can uh, see which content we've got coming up the content ideas that we have and we can assign different names to it and move it along to see which part of the process it is at so whether something has been submitted or something is in the process of uh, being done and written um, or being currently edited And that way everyone is aware of who is taking what, what's available. And, you know, if, if news is dry that day, then we have a whole selection of content that we can choose from and different topics. So, yeah, that's um, it's worked out really well for us. And we also have like a, a way to categorize everything so we know which items are time sensitive and, and things like that. Um, our main aim really is to build a really collaborative team, a, a really collaborative community and community whilst I I mentioned before that we're working across so many different time zones as there's always someone awake our slack conversations are just never-ending there's always some kind of flow of conversation going and you'll wake up and have to trace back through you know a a whole like stream of of chat but it's good it's um it's working out quite well so far
1: so where are you taking all of this I mean I, I said we would be growing a bit broader now so um what are the future plans for for live kindly where, where do you see this headed
0: um well seeing as i didn't know where i was going four months ago and i didn't expect this to happen it's still really um a vague idea um i was chatting with um my investor recently and we're both quite aligned in the fact that we want to hold off on monetizing so we really want to be focusing on growth as much as possible and um and creating more and more unique content if we can get the budget for it we'll be creating more unique videos and more interviews and i guess our main focus at the moment is meeting people within the community who are really influential and working together to support their initiatives and also you know, seeing whether they are willing to support us as well. Basically, we we want to just get out there, get our face out there, meet as many people as possible doing amazing work and, and just build this community into something much more stronger. I guess that, you know, for someone um, who is looking to start a business that isn't particularly helpful, that I don't have a, a clear idea of what I'm doing. All I know is that this has the potential to grow into something really big. And the way to do that is to work with other people. I think the the worst thing we we could do for ourselves is to remain faceless and and not be supporting other businesses and other initiatives. Because, you know, I I think that aside from the fact that you can leverage off of their following and and things like that, which is great, to propel the movement forward, we need to be working together and it's for me it's about teamwork and it's about establishing some really strong long term relationships um, and just seeing where that transpires um so yes, at the moment for me it's all about focusing on growth, and then as soon as we get to a certain level, I think that it would take me at least a year to to even um, decide on how I want to monetize things, but that will be the next step in moving forward um but yeah it, it has the potential to go so many different directions we want to be building something which is a lot more physical and, and, you know, have events and talks and things like that. And we're really led by our our followers, really, and what they want. We don't want to be doing anything that's not valuable to them. So I guess for now, as we grow our following, it's mainly market research, and we'll see where that leads us.
1: Yeah, and, you know, even though you, you said that um, this, this might not be that useful to, to anyone who's looking to grow a business, I think you... You drop two things that are super important one is um what you just said about market research and, and listen to your followers which should pretty much be the main guiding principle for for anyone building any kind of business and the other one is the the collaboration which is a topic that is just coming up constantly in in all of these interviews that we're doing because more than in any other industry, when, when we're looking at the, the entire vegan plant-based space, we are working towards a common goal. So, um, like I said, even though you, um, you started this office saying that this might not be that helpful, I, I think those two things are super important to, to anyone who's looking to grow a business.
0: Sure. Yeah, I I completely agree. And take it from me, as someone who is not an expert in business, if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> 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 most of it's common sense, you know. It's just gonna think strategically about it, and it will happen.
1: <laughs> a much much broader question to to wrap things up, and one that I really love asking: Where are we headed collectively as as a race, as a planet? So, um, if you think of the best case scenario or for the next 10, 20, 30 years? What what do you envision?
0: Oh, that's a difficult question because you can answer it in so many ways. You know, what realistically is going to happen? What do you hope is going to happen?
1: <laughs> what, what's the best case scenario that, that you see? So we, we don't need to be super realistic about it. You know, in, in terms of things that are achievable.
0: Okay, okay. Well, um, yeah, still a, a really tough question. I, I, I like to think that, we are moving in a positive direction. I can see that there is some horrific stuff still going on and that's never going to be, unfortunately, eradicated. You know, this we've been fighting racism for how long now? And it, it's still, you know, a, a very big issue. And, um, you know, the same with uh, climate change and, and all of that. And in fact, it's gotten worse. And but then at the same time, there are positive things happening and sometimes it takes something really bad to make people realize that something needs to change. And I kind of feel that we're teetering on the edge of that now with negative things are happening, but people are waking up and people are starting to question things and starting to realize that, you know, I, why am I listening to, to this? Why am I not making my own decisions and living in alignment with my morals and and you know being a compassionate person trying to make the earth a better place because it's so easy to get disheartened when all of this negative stuff is going on so so what i would say in in the future if it continues to go this way in terms of people waking up um we're gonna see a huge flood of amazing initiatives coming out from people who are starting you know grassroots initiatives and and I think it's uh, I don't remember the statistic, but I I know that so many people are now millennials are not working nine to five jobs anymore. Instead, they're becoming entrepreneurs and they're starting their own businesses. And we're seeing that transpire into, you know, so many amazing uh, startups trying to revolutionize the uh, food supply. So I, I think that what I hope to see in the future is people questioning more things. What I think is going to happen is that we'll move into a phase of of lab-grown meat way before veganism, but I hope that this at least spurs something on and, and people are starting to question their choices. I just want to be part of a really positive movement and I think that something bad is going to happen before something really good happens. It's kind of like the phoenix coming back from the flame. That's what I think and I just hope that it doesn't get much worse than it is now because I can, it, it's weird. I can see lots of positive and lots of negative And I just think if we can, if we can all live a bit more kindly, then uh, we're onto a good thing.
1: Yes. Thank you for that, Jody. And um, just to end this, um, what are the best ways for, for people to connect with you and um, live kindly and learn how to live a bit more kindly?
0: <laughs> well i would love for people to spend more time on the website um directly rather than just finding us through facebook the benefits of finding us on facebook though are we obviously uh, share a lot of video content so um definitely check that out but if you if you wanted to connect with us then you can always drop us an email explore the website see what you like about it and um always you know feel free to get in touch with me and give me any feedback because we're you know such early stages, we're just trying to improve all the time, and we really appreciate um, hearing from from anyone, um, whether it's about collaborating or just suggestions and and, and anything really. Just um, definitely get in touch. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and we're really trying to have a person up our, on our YouTube channel. Most of the time, you can find us with the username at Live but yeah, we are across the board and there's always going to be someone available to chat to you. So definitely get in touch. We'd love to hear from you.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much, Jody, for um, A, joining us today and B, for, for sharing all, all the information and everything that you've learned with um, kindly so far. And I, I think you are definitely positioning yourself to be a part of the um, positive movement that's, that's going to be happening in the future. So thank you for that as well.
0: I hope so. And thank you so much for, for inviting me on. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
1: Yeah, likewise. Have a very awesome day, okay?
0: Great, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, thank you. bye-bye. Okay, so that was Jody Monell, the founder of Live Kindly on episode 41 of the Plan-Based Entrepreneur Show. If you want to connect with her or learn about any of the brands or apps that we mentioned in this podcast, you can find all the links in the show notes if you go to theplanbasedentrepreneur.com forward slash show forward slash episode 041. And once again, if you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast as we evolve it, you can always send them directly to me on jerry at theplanbasedentrepreneur.com. And if you want to keep up to date with what's going on, make sure you subscribe to our plant-based entrepreneur insider list and follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're going to be back real soon with more cool stuff on the vegan business space. Until then, stay amazing and remember the future is plant-based.